0: If you can see it, then it's achievable. But children of y'all, let me tell you something. If you need to see it to see it, then you're not seeing it. To the Yahweh Vice Podcast. My name is Shaq. I hope you guys are wrapping up what was, for me personally, a beautiful week and a beautiful weekend. You know, God is good. Amen. Yeah, God gave me the green light to jumpstart a number of new projects. He gave me the green light to jumpstart, you know, me looking into the next phase of my life as a whole. And I'm certainly looking forward to taking my ministry to the next level, amen. And I pray that all of you have experienced the same. And if not, your time is soon coming, your time is nigh. So don't lose hope, amen. And with that, I wanna bring the message of the fear of a new beginning. Because I understand that we as people we don't like to experience change. We fear change. We want things to stay the same because, you know, we've gotten to a place where, you know, when you're in an unfamiliar place, you don't know what's going to happen. It's it's the fear of the unknown. And sometimes we start stuff and it doesn't necessarily work out the way we envision it to. And so we fear that failure. And so I kind of want to dive into that today, the fear of a new beginning and i'm going to be reading from proverbs chapter one verse seven and psalms 111 and 10 but before i begin i want to say a quick prayer father god in your mighty and holy name i plead the blood of jesus over this mic i repent and i ask you to forgive me of my sins this vessel is yours father god this mind this heart this soul yours, Father God. Give me the words I need to speak. Give me the wisdom I need to impart on your people. May this message be filled with your Holy Spirit. Allow me to bless the people today. I plead the blood of Jesus over this microphone. I plead the blood of Jesus over each and every one of my listeners. May they receive the victory from you today, Father God. I pray that this word may penetrate the hearts of those who are within the sound of my voice. And I pray that this word has even further outreach of all those who are seeking a new beginning in your mighty and holy name, I pray. Amen. So here we go. The fear of a new beginning. Proverbs 1:7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Jumping ahead to Psalms 111 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments, his praise endures forever. Father God in your mighty and holy name, give me the words I need to speak. Fill my heart, my vessel, my soul with your Holy Spirit, and allow me to pour. The blood of Jesus over this microphone and into the ears and the hearts and the minds and the souls of many, many listeners. Maybe make significant strides today in this episode, Father God. In your mighty holy name I pray. Let your will be done through all of us. Amen. In Jesus' name. So, the fear of a new beginning. So, uh, you know, I got to thinking today, and um you know with this new stage uh a lot of things are happening in my life that I have never experienced ever. you know God has never taken me or my ministry to this level, you know that being said, I'm only in month number six I've been studying the word for maybe about ten years and you know, I've been, you know, running from the calling of being a pastor. Whenever somebody brought up the idea of becoming a pastor, like, hey, Shaq, you should be a pastor. I'll, be, I'll always be like, oh, no, 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 no. Not 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 for me. Mm-mm. No way. No way. Because I see what pastors go through. They get picked apart. You know, people hold them under the microscope. And the one time they make a mistake. They may lose the trust. They may lose the following of the whole congregation. And, you know, people slander. Their names all the time. And no, I just don't want to go through that. Mm -mm, Absolutely. No way. And so, you know, I ran from that. But little did I know that, you know, it wasn't just about following a set of rules. It wasn't just about, I want you to do this and then that's it. You know, it wasn't just about, you know, I thought it was going to be torture. You know, I thought, you know, going into the ministry was going to be harder than what it really was. And 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 quite honestly, it really isn't that hard. You know, building a ministry, it's hard, but it's really not that hard, provided that you allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. It's no different, honestly, than being a true believer who allows the Holy Spirit to lead and guide them. The only difference is you're just taxed, which is guiding the sheep. It's almost like walking the dog. You know, you wherever you go, you hold the leash and the dog follows you wherever you want the dog to go. And then you get two dogs and you get five dogs and then you get 10 dogs and they all follow you wherever you want to go. Or at least they go where you go. And it's not no part of it is you. It's really the Holy Spirit leading you. Amen. It's really the Holy Spirit telling you what to do and guiding you. Proverbs three, six says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And it's really no different. You know, it's just another level of making sure that, you know, when you're in your ministry, you acknowledge the Lord in every single step that you make from when you wake up in the morning to when you go to sleep at night to when you brush your teeth, wash your face, take a shower, go to work, go home, go to the store. When you're living your life, you acknowledge God throughout all of it. And then when that happens, you begin to hear his voice and he begins to guide you. And children of y'all, what I want to say In light of that is when you allow God to guide you, that fear of that new beginning, that new course of direction, that new venture that you started, it begins to dissipate. Because, see, Joshua and Gideon had that fear, and even David had that fear at one point of doing the Lord's will. but. Just like God told Joshua, do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous. For I am with you wherever you go. Just like the Lord told Joshua that he tells us all this. And so. One can't help, you know, in spite of all those things, one can't really help but think, you know, what if I fail again? What if I fall flat on my face? And I want to encourage you guys to know that second Timothy one, seven says for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so God didn't give us that spirit of fear. God didn't give us that fear, but it is natural. It's natural to be afraid of that uncertainty because It's the ultimate test of faith. God literally takes care of everything else, but he leaves the task of our faith to us. That's the one thing that we're responsible for. Hebrews 11 one says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. So the whole idea of faith is based on what you don't see. And so whenever the devil attacks us, the number one thing he goes after is our faith. Why? Because Hebrews 11:6 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So because we don't see it. You know, the devil has done a very, very good job of from youth of constantly, you know, barraging us with you know, the tools and trinkets of the world. Like the devil is always trying to show us this is what you can have. This is what you can have. And we think that because it's right there in front of us, that's the only thing that we're capable of. And that's just another sly way that the devil attacks us. That's another sly and slick way that the devil comes after our faith. And so when God says, I'm going to give you a promise. I'm going to deliver you from your burdens. I'm going to show you a great and mighty things of which you do not know. Like it says in Jeremiah 33, three. When God says that because we don't see it, we have a perceived lack of faith. We think if it ain't in front of me, get it out of my face. You know we think if you need to see it that or rather, I told you guys earlier, I've had um difficulty um accepting the calling of walking into ministry because you know I'm the type of person I hate making mistakes. You know, I hate getting things wrong. I hate giving people the wrong information. And that fear was the beginning of me acquiring that knowledge because God knows that I'm a perfectionist. You know, I don't like to get it wrong. And how many people understand that, you know, you could spend years getting information, trying to learn how to do something right. And then after the end of that process, if you find out that all your information was wrong, you know, it cripples you. It, it, it's a bit demoralizing. Actually, it's a lot demoralizing. It's like the one kid who was told, go to school, get a good education so you can get a good job and you'll make a lot of money, you'll be successful. How many of us know people? How many of us are one of these people? You know, we followed that path. We did exactly what we were told. We jumped through all the hoops that we were supposed to jump through. We acquired all the student loan debt, you know, 40,000, 60,000, 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 for some people. But, we're no more successful than the day that we started. We haven't gotten as far as we could. Why? Because we received the wrong information. That's not the story of everybody, but it's the story of a lot of college kids I've run into. And what's good about the younger generation is that they're understanding that they're beginning to understand that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to go to college and get in all this debt, only to end up working at McDonald's. No offense to some of you. Actually, the rumor with McDonald's is, I don't know if it's a rumor, I think it's the truth, but you know, I'm hearing that, you know, they're raising the wages for McDonald's workers and uh, you know, they're beginning to offer more fringe benefits for the McDonald's employees, which is good, but you know, no offense to any of you who work for McDonald's or worked at McDonald's at some point, you know my mother was a manager at McDonald's back in the day. but I just say that to simply say, you know, we start the plan with the desired destination in mind, and then the wrong information, the wrong address doesn't it it not only takes us not where we want to be, but it takes us way off course. I guess that's a good analogy to use. The wrong address that you put in the GPS, the wrong address that you put in the GPS. And then the real destination was 10, 15, 20 miles. And so you wasted a whole lot of time. And so the Lord knows that I don't like giving people the wrong information. And for that reason, like I said, guys, that was that fear of that was the beginning of wisdom for me that fear was the beginning of wisdom because that allowed me to say, okay, I'm gonna need all the help I could get for this new beginning. I'm gonna need God's backing, lock, stock, and barrel. And the choice that I made to uh, do that Was actually the biblical choice. James one five says, if there's any one of you without wisdom, let him ask of God and without reproach, it will be freely given to him. And so I needed the wisdom to run the ministry the way he wanted me to run it. I have that submission and I have that that understanding that I am not in control. The word of God says he must increase. I must decrease. And so that wisdom helped me pave, it helped pave the way to reach people I would have never uh, never otherwise never been able to reach. And I've come across many, many souls who have way different backgrounds than I've had. And that's why I try to encourage people that, listen, whatever you do, whatever's in front of you, Pray first. Ask God for the wisdom. Ask God for the knowledge. Ask God for the instruction. And don't move a muscle until you hear his word. And sometimes that may be a test in and of itself. You know, God might test your faith by not saying nothing. Even though you're praying, God, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And so he might test you for saying, okay, I see that you're patient. I see that you're focusing on biblical principle. I see that you're growing as you await on my instruction. And so sometimes, you know, we're stuck in, you know, our own wilderness and God is like, no, no, no. See, I could take you from point A to point B But before I take you to point B, I got to take you through the wilderness. It's not just a straight line. It's not simply one dot and the other. From point A to point B, there are valleys, there are dips, there are curves. And I know you're not going to know how to do everything. I know you're not going to know how to do everything in order to get to point B. But. What I want you to do is I want you to trust me as you embark on this new beginning. You don't need to be awesome. You don't need to be spectacular. You just need to be faithful. That's it. You just need to have faith in me. You need to believe that it's possible for you and then you got to meet me halfway. I'm not asking you to do it all. I'm just asking you to meet me halfway so that I can bless you so that I can give you the promise so that I can deliver you out of Lodabar. For those of you that don't know the story about Mephibosheth and Lodabar in, I think it's first, first Samuel, I think it is, but the story is Mephibosheth was a servant who belonged in royalty. And he had no legs. He couldn't move. They had to literally carry him uh, everywhere. They had to literally carry him. It's second Samuel. But they had to literally carry him everywhere he went. And for a season, he was stuck in Lodabar and. He knew that he did not belong in Lodabar, but he was stuck there until the king that is David sent him, sent for uh, Mephibosheth. It, the story is in Second Samuel chapter nine, sent for Mephibosheth and delivered him from Lodabar because the Lord knew that it was time. And some of you are stuck in Lodabar. Some of you are stuck in, in a season of, of drought, of, uh, of spiritual famine, of not hearing God's voice. It's a season of test. It's a season of trial. It's a season of tribulation. And you're like, well, is God still there? No, no, no. God never left. For some of you, that season has lasted for years, decades even. You might have been stuck in low to bar for 20 years. For some of you, your bar is your finances. For some of you, your bar is your health, your family issues, your marriage, your kids, your your car, your job, your this, your that. Lodabar is tough. Lodabar is tough. And sometimes, you know, we're asking God, God, please get us out of Lodabar. Please deliver us from this wilderness. I want to get out of here. But what you don't realize is Lodabar was the one mountain you needed to conquer in order for God to take you to the next level. See, we think that just because we're true believers, that automatically means that we're tax exempt from tribulation. The word of God says your walk is not without tribulation. You will go through it. There will be trials and count it not strange when you go through the fiery trial and count it as joy when you fall through various trials. Children of y'all becoming a true believer is not without its struggles. And there are times when God's going to reveal to you lessons the easy way and he's going to reveal to you lessons the hard way. But like the word of God says, all things work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. And so. Going on the fear of. Of a new beginning and how Lodabar applies to the fear of a new beginning. Some of us are afraid to go to Lodabar. Some of us just want to go from point A to point B without any any dips, any curves, any broken lines, nothing. Some of us want smooth sailing. But if you're a true believer, you know that whatever God says he's going to promise that he's going to do for you. You know that the hard part about it is you got to give God the sacrifice. Whatever God asks you to do in order to get it, the word of God says in the book of Luke, to whomever much is given much is required. And so whatever God asks you to do, it's always going to go against your flesh. It's always going to make you uncomfortable, inconvenience you in some way, form, or fashion. Because, see, we want the blessing, but we don't want to give sacrifice. We want a beautiful relationship with God, but we don't want to give up the sin. We don't want to give up the things that we enjoy. We don't want to give up the private altars that we build. But God, I love the clothes, but God, I love the money, but God, I love the car, the cars, but God, I love the partying. I love the drinking. I love the smoking. I love the food, whatever your whatever that private altar is. The one thing that you just absolutely refuse to give up for me, it was a 22 year pornography addiction, but the one thing that you just absolutely refuse to give up. The Lord is saying, yup, you got to give that up. If you want me to deliver you, I need to have all of you or none of you. And so when it comes to the fear of a new beginning, I want you guys to understand that it's not about sacrificing something. It's about keeping your eye on the promise. The goal is the promise. I'm gonna tell you guys a story. So when I was a kid, uh, my sister and my cousin was teaching me how to ride a bike. And I just kept falling and falling and falling. And so what did my sister do? My sister grabbed her cousin and she literally left me. She lost patience and she said, bye, Shaquan. And I said, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Don't leave me behind. So I grabbed the bike and I started pedaling as fast as I possibly could. I wasn't focused on falling. I wasn't focused on hitting anything. I did not want to be left behind. That was the most important thing to me in that very moment was not being left behind. And so it took me about 20 minutes to realize it. But I discovered like, hey, I'm actually riding a bike and I wasn't just guys. I wasn't just riding. You know, I was standing on the pegs and and going down hills and jumps. Because I thought my sister was literally trying to leave me behind. And so I say that story to say. Don't. Be so focused on the process of the new beginning. Only keep your eyes on the prize. Only keep your eyes on God's promise. Never take your eyes off of that. The Lord said to Josiah, the young eight-year-old king, when he started out, when he was trying to right the ship of Israel, after they were worshiping false gods and serving many abominations of the Lord, he said, You have done well because you didn't let your hips go to the left or go to the right. You stayed the course. And, children of Yah, this is what we have to be like we have to stay the course. Do not allow the fear of the new beginning to keep you from the new beginning. It's okay. You're going to feel whatever it is. You're going to feel the best analogy that I like. You know, I'm a big football fan. I love it when I see a football team trying to win a game in the final minutes of the game. And the whole crowd is basically roaring out them. You can't hear anything. And then I look at the football player or the quarterback rather. And I just see a face of a man on a mission. He knows where he wants to go. He knows the play he's going to call. He knows the looks that he wants. And then he executes and drives his team down the field and scores. Despite the hostile crowd, he manages to lead his team to the promised land. And so he doesn't hide He doesn't really show the fear most of the time. The quarterback, he might have been nervous. He might be like, listen, if I lose this game, it's all over. You know, I'm never going to hear the end of it. They're going to ask me all these stupid questions at the press conference, and then I'm going to go home, and when I go to the supermarket, they're going to be like, Man, you suck. Why did you why did you make that pass? Why did you call that play? Whatever it is. He might be going through those things, but he's focused on the end goal. He's focused on the end zone. He's focused on scoring. He's focused on winning the game. And children of y'all, the victory to you has to be so big that the only one you fear is God. You fear doing it wrong. You fear getting it wrong. And children of y'all, when I like, I got to tell you something. When I experienced the power, when I started to walk in God's will, my biggest fear was losing it. Now, I know Romans 11:29 says but the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable, but at the time I was afraid of losing it. I was afraid of not hearing God's voice because it was maybe 9 years of not hearing God's voice, not too much to a point where God was speaking to me all the time and he was giving me new abilities that I didn't even know I had. And so I didn't want to lose it. And because I didn't want to lose it, that was the fear that God was looking for. And so I don't necessarily want to say I was afraid of not losing. I was just afraid of not being favored. And there's a big difference because when you're favored by the Lord, you got to understand that there are going to be times when you will lose. But you'll lose because the Lord is saying, I have a bigger victory in mind for you. I had to take you through this loss to show you something. Plenty of those moments are going to happen as you embark on a new beginning. But don't allow that fear to paralyze you. Don't allow the fear of not moving to really get at you because that was probably the worst. You know, I was afraid of getting my feet wet. But then I had to deal with the regret later on that night. And this was for years on end. And it just got to a point where. I have nothing to lose. And whenever the Lord gives you a mission, the Lord tells you to do something, he's always going to send backup. He's never going to leave you up the creek without a paddle. Never. And so that's the word I bring to you guys today. Put your fear in the most high God. Put your feared, your fear, excuse me, in Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Allow him to stir your ship. Meet him halfway. Walk by faith and not by sight. Don't worry that just because it may not look how you want it to look or how it's supposed to look. That is By virtue of that, that is faith. Remember, faith is the evidence of things unseen. You might be completely broke, but if the Lord promises you financial provision and abundance, you might have just received a notice in the mail talking about you have 60 days to pay X, Y, Z, or we're gonna cut this off, we're gonna take this from you, We're going to default. You're going to default in your judgment, this, that, and the third. I know how it feels, children. I know how it feels. I know how it feels to struggle. And that's why for me, that's why I'm telling you. You have no choice but to put your faith in the Lord. You have no choice but to really, really align your mind and your heart with God and ask him for the wisdom, because that's the thing he's looking for to bless you. If any part of that is off, he's going to ignore you. And so put your fear in the most high. Don't fear the new beginning, but fear a horrible end. Fear a life without God, fear a life without the protection, grace and covering of the most high. This is what I want to encourage you to focus on, children of y'all. This is what I want to encourage you to do. But guys, that's all I have for tonight. I pray that you guys go sow in Jesus' name, go grow in Jesus' name. For any business inquiries or any questions at all, you can email me at yavirise at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, just type in Yavirise Podcast. My name is listed under Shaquan Woody. But guys, I love you all. Go sow in Jesus' name, go grow in Jesus' name. Catch you guys next time. Thanks, guys. Good evening.